All right, all right, Overlake, it's wonderful to be with you today. I'm Mike, I'm one of the pastors on the team, and I uh, just want to say welcome. I especially want to say welcome to our students. I'm so glad that you are here with us uh, this month as we're uh, kind of redoing the, the student zone up there. You might want to grab your notes out of your handout, and you will see that we are continuing in a series on finding joy. And last week, Pastor Pat opened up our series talking about finding joy in the right things, and those are some really large Santa-sized shoes that I'm trying to fill today as I unwrap the topic of finding joy uh, in the preparation. We're talking about finding joy in the preparation, and I want to give you a definition of joy that we're using all month long. I'd love it if, if this is somewhat new to you. Go ahead and jot this down because this really does have the power to be foundational, and it's, and it's where we're driving kind of all month long. We'll, we'll wrap it on Christmas Eve, but this is the definition of joy. Joy is the quiet confidence that ultimately everything will turn out right in this life or the next because God is over this, he is in this, and he will work through this, whatever this is. So whatever you're going through, whatever it is that you're facing, trials, challenges, the road you're on, you need to recognize that God is over this and he's in this and he'll work through this. And this is the source of our joy that it will turn out right in this life or the next. And this leads to an inexpressible gladness. It's that deep down sense of well-being that you are right with God and that God is delighting in you, and, and that can be the foundation of our life. And, and by the way, that's what God wants for all of his children. Look what this verse says in Acts chapter 13, verse 52. It says, and the believers were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So they were filled with joy. You might want to circle that. All the believers are filled with joy. The children of God filled and overfilled with joy and filled and overfilled with his presence among us. And so that's my prayer uh, for us Overlake. That's my prayer for our, our Overlake family. And the reason why we're talking about finding joy in the preparation today is because no other time of the year seems to require as much preparation. No other holiday in our calendar year requires as much preparation as Christmas. And, and, and uh, Pastor Pat was talking about this last week. He said that in America this year, we are expected to spend $465 billion on Christmas. $465 billion spent on Christmas this year. And a lot of that is spent on Christmas gifts. A lot of that is spent on Christmas uh, meals, right? The special holiday meals or planning for Christmas parties. And then a whole lot of that is also spent on Christmas decorations, right? And, and the decorations seem to get more and more elaborate after year after year after year. In fact, I found this picture of, uh, of a couple that had just decorated their, their, their houses. And I think they're holding one another for support, actually. I feel like... They're like, what have we done, you know? We live inside an electric fruitcake, you know? Uh, I feel like Rudolph threw up Christmas all over our house kind of a thing. And, and I'm not saying that this stuff is inherently wrong. I mean, you need to know that the pastors on staff here, are, are, we, we believe in decorating our home and giving gifts. And, and even our church building, we, you know, we love to decorate the, the church building and the stage. And, and it's just a part of what it looks like to celebrate. Um, but I want you to know that it can be wrong. 
And when it can get wrong is when the, the focus gets shifted and it becomes about the preparation and the stress surrounding the preparation. I was talking to one young mom and, and she said, every time I put a decoration out, I just remind myself I'm going to have to put this decoration away in a month. And, and, and when, the, when the focus gets shifted and, it, and when we lose Jesus in it, then it's hard to find the joy. And, and I want to tell you that I, I've sensed this, and maybe you've sensed this too, that when we, when we feel like we're missing the joy in a holiday season like this, when we're supposed to be joyful, right, that's the pressure, we've got to be joyful, we've got to be, you know, having all this good time together as family and loved ones, and, and when we're missing the joy and, and we sense disappointment creeping in, so often what we do is just double down, and we just do more, and we plan more, and, and we prep more, and we, and we just push even harder, buy more gifts, etc., thinking that somehow we'll cross this threshold, and it'll be okay, and that's what leads to a holiday hangover. That's what leads to the inevitable January doldrums, the, the blue that comes in post-Christmas. And, and we get the credit card bill in the mail and we realize, oh, I overdid it this year. And, and so what we want to do is we want to figure out how do we embrace joy. And, how, and, and so today I want us to be thoughtful as we approach the idea of preparation. Preparation typically starts with a question, and, and you might be wired exactly like this. This is how I'm wired. When I think about preparation, it always starts with a question as I come into this season. What do I need to do in order to prepare? Right? The question is about do. Preparation is do. What do I need to do in order to prepare? And then you just populate the list. I need to bring the decorations up from the garage. I need to get the Christmas lights on the house. I need to make sure we plan time to go get the tree. I need to make sure we buy the, you know, the menu for the Christmas dinner. Like You just kind of populate the list when you start with the question, what do I need to do? But listen, there's a better question for finding joy. If you're filling in the blanks, this is it. It's to find joy, ask, what am I preparing for? What am I preparing for? Like, what am I actually preparing for? What's really going on in the preparations this year? Am I preparing simply because I'm responding to cultural pressure or I'm trying to meet the expectations of a spouse or my loved ones? Are you working merely to survive the chaos of the Christmas season? Or maybe you're really preparing to prove to your in-laws that you can cook this year. Uh, for some of you, maybe students, you're preparing to have unlimited screen time over the winter break. Or some of you are thinking, oh, I, I'm preparing to eat more and drink more and celebrate more. Uh, some of you are like, I'm preparing to catch up on my Netflix queue or something like that. Like, what are you actually preparing for? And, I, and I, I bring this up because the scripture is really clear about where the joy is to be found. In 1 Peter 1.13, we read, so roll up your sleeves, put your mind in gear, be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. Amen. Right? Roll up your sleeves, get your mind in gear, be totally ready, and, and circle that phrase totally ready, because that's prepare yourself. Prepare your mind, prepare your heart, be totally ready. That will lead us into joy. And see, the Christmas is so perfect for really stamping what we prepare for. We prepare for God come near in Jesus Christ. 
That's what we prepare for. We prepare for God come near in Jesus. I want you to think about Mary for a moment, the, the mother of Jesus. You know, the angel comes to her, uh, probably as a teenager. The angel comes and, and, and makes this announcement that Mary is to have a, a child, a son. And Mary is to call him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And, 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 and Mary, this is to happen miraculously because uh, Jesus is the son of God and and you could just imagine that Mary's mind is swirling, and in the midst of that chaotic emotional announcement she receives, she, she drops an anchor in her faith, and she says to the angel, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as, as you have said. So she just, she doesn't understand it all, but she's, I'm going to hold on to my faith in God that he knows what he's doing, and, and she begins to prepare. By the way, I do want you to know that Everybody who, who discovers that they're pregnant instantly begins a journey of preparation. Amen? Like, this is true whether this is a planned pregnancy or an unplanned pregnancy. By the way, I like to say there are no unplanned children. There are only unplanned parents. Right? God had a plan for every child, right? And, and so you need to kind of recognize where you are in that equation. But uh, I just want you to understand that, that, that everyone prepares. When my wife and I discovered we were pregnant with our first, we went out and bought a best-selling book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. Raise your hand if you're familiar with this book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it sort of kind of walks through all the stuff. Mary didn't have that book at her disposal. But it really wasn't the book that she would have needed anyway. She really would have needed What to Expect with Your Immaculate Conception. That would have been a, a better book for her. And... and uh, and yet, uh, that book does not exist. She's the only one qualified to write it, and, by the way, the only one who needed to read it. So, really a small little target audience right there. But I want you to understand that she began to, to prepare. She probably talked to loved ones in, in her town. She, if there was uh, literature to read, she probably read that and consumed the wisdom, uh, cultural wisdom of the time. We do know that she went to a dear relative's house. She traveled to Elizabeth's house, and Elizabeth was a, a beloved relative of Mary. And, and so, uh, by the way, Elizabeth was pregnant herself. She was going to give birth to a son, John, who would grow to be John the Baptist. And so Mary just shows up on her doorstep, and, and this is what happens in Luke 1.41. It says, At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. You see, you look at this passage, and this could be called Joyful John Jumping for Jesus. Right? You know what John's saying? He's saying, Woo! I need more womb in here. Right? It's the first carol. It's prepare him womb. Right? Or maybe he's just saying, Woohoo! Jesus! Right? You guys, these jokes deserve way more than you're giving it. Way more. The room is pregnant with laughter right now. All right. Womb, there it is. No? Okay. All right. 
Elizabeth gets it. So she knows what she's preparing for. She knows what Mary is preparing for, that Jesus is the Lord. And Elizabeth recognizes that this is God come near. And Mary is so encouraged by Elizabeth. And so she stays with her for a while. And they, they, there's a smooth pregnancy as they encourage one another. And, uh, and then Elizabeth helps her get cute announcements out. Um, this is what it says. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. And they were preparing for the celebration of God come near in Jesus. By the way, please understand this. That there was joy even in the midst of incredible uncertainty. Mary had no idea how this whole thing was going to play itself out. Mary had no idea how it was that God was going to fulfill his purpose of salvation through this child of Jesus. And yet she joyfully embraced God's plan and prepared herself for the arrival of Jesus. And this same focus provides a way for us to embrace the Lord's arrival as well. You know, we, we, we talk about preparation, and, and when I think about preparation, my mind really quickly goes to the story of Martha in the Bible. And you might remember this story, where Martha is inviting Jesus and the disciples into her home, and so she is occupied and preoccupied with preparing a meal and the logistics of preparing a meal and hosting Jesus and his disciples. And, and while she's busy with all of that and stressed out about all of that, and, and she really starts to get uh, some bitterness in her heart about all of this hard work that she's doing, her sister Mary has prepared her heart to be in the presence of Jesus. And her sister Mary goes and she just sits in the presence of Jesus and listens to Jesus and, and, and soaks in all of the wisdom that Jesus has. And, and I bring this up because there really is sort of a, a spectrum and we want to make sure that we don't get caught up in the doing of preparation, but we understand what it is that we are preparing for. And that actually brings us to this next fill-in. To find joy, the challenge is to share your prep moments with Jesus. Share your prep moments with Jesus. Now, here's what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that you grab the little wooden nativity uh, Jesus out of your nativity set and bring it with you while you're having coffee or while you're cooking or while you're running errands or anything like that. That's, that's obviously not what it is that we're going after. But it is inviting Jesus into all of these areas of your life. Scripture says this. This is in Romans 12.1. This is from the message. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around, hanging up Christmas lights, decorating the Christmas tree life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. So we're to bring all of our life, we're to bring all that we do, we're to bring all of our preparation, and we're choosing to live it with Jesus. Whether we're cooking, whether we're prepping, whether we're shopping, whether we're wrapping, whether we're doing our family traditions together, remember that Jesus is the reason for all of it. And so invite him in. And I was thinking, you know, it really doesn't have to be either or. It doesn't have to be Martha or Mary. That's not the argument. The argument is actually there's a way to bring those together and to invite Jesus in, even as we're doing all of the prep, to invite Jesus into those moments so that we can spend that time 
with him. I'll give you a couple of practical examples of how this might uh, work in your life. When it comes to decorating, one of the things that you might want to do is as you set the nativity out in your home, and by the way, if you don't have a nativity, that would be a good way to bring that in. But as you set the nativity out, maybe talk about each of the players with your family. Or maybe when you're hanging up Christmas lights, and I don't know if you hang up Christmas lights by yourself or you've got you know, some family friends helping you out, but as you put lights up, maybe the prayer is or the discussion is, as these lights shine out in the darkest part of the year, Jesus, would your love shine into this dark world? I had a, a dear friend, I, I still do, he's a mentor and just a, a, a beloved brother named Sonny Salisbury. And, and Sonny, when I would uh, be with him and we would be doing Christmas together, he lives in eastern Washington, so we'd always go out and, and get a tree for Christmas. And he would go out and he would always find a tree underneath one of the power lines growing because he knew that, that uh, they would come and, and cut those trees down anyway. And so he would find a, a tree that was going to be cut down and he would, he would take that tree. But before he cut it down, he'd always place his hand on it and he would thank the tree. And he would say, I honor you for allowing us to use your beauty to celebrate the arrival of Jesus. And we'd bring it into his home. So the challenge is you bring meaning around the way that we decorate our house. Uh, The next thing is gifts. And maybe when you begin to go after your Christmas gifts, I know that's ridiculous. You've already shopped, I'm sure, many of you. But as you think about what to buy, maybe it starts with a prayer. Lord Jesus, how might I give gifts in a way that truly blesses those in my life? You really seek to be a blessing to those that are around you. Or when it comes to meals, I, I don't know if, if, if you grew up in a home like this, but when I grew up, there was really clear responsibilities around mealtime. And, and there were certain people that did all of the work in the kitchen, all of the shopping, and all of the prepping, and all of the cooking and baking. There were just some people did that, and then other people had really clear responsibilities about watching football and making sure the chair was warm and, and, and other things, you know, and just kind of a really clear uh, demarcation. And, and my wife Jody has this other view, which I love. It's basically all hands on deck. It's all hands on deck, and everybody gets to prepare something, and everybody gets to choose what they want to prepare, and they, we shop together, and we prep together, and all. And it really creates such a time of memory-making and, and laughter together in the kitchen. So, uh, by the way, I would tell you that we've got an Advent guide at Overlake for families, and it's just a way. You can grab the hard copy in Kidtown, or you can download it. But it's just a way around mealtimes to allow the conversation to shift to the arrival of Jesus. And if you have young, if you're a young family, you have young kids, one of the suggestions is maybe you get a cake and celebrate Jesus' birthday together. In fact, our Kid Town Christmas Eve service, that's what they're going to do. They're going to have a cake and they're going to celebrate Jesus' birthday together. So if you have young kids and you come Christmas Eve, they will be high on sugar after the service. So just FYI. And then the last thing is getting good photo, uh, photos of loved ones. And, and we know the stress that's involved in getting everyone in matching outfits and making sure that it's just a pristine photo opportunity. Um, but so often it ends up like this, you know, you're trying to celebrate joy. And, uh, and it just doesn't work. 
You know, so in all of these things, the challenge is to invite Jesus to be front and center. Invite Jesus into all of these preparations. Colossians 3.23 says, work willingly at whatever you do. And I'd just like to have you circle the words whatever you do. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. And so we just invite Jesus in in all of these things. The recognition that even cleaning the pots and pans after your meal prep or even spending the time together decorating a room, these can be holy moments when we invite Jesus in. If you're like me, you really love the carols. I, I really like Christmas carols, and I like that, you know, this is a time of year. I especially like the old classic carols, like the Bing Crosby and uh, uh, Dean Martin and Nat King Cole. Um, in fact, I, Nat King Cole has a rendition of Christmas song that's just so great. My kids actually love that song so much. You might be familiar with the lyrics. It has the line, everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe help to make the season bright. Well, we heard that song done with an interesting pause in it. So my kids were listening to it and it said, everybody knows a turkey. And they were like, no, they don't. Uh, I don't know a turkey. You don't know a turkey. Nobody knows it. That's a lie. And of course, that's our favorite Christmas carol. No. I love Judy Garland's um, have yourself a merry little Christmas. And one of the reasons why I like these old Christmas carols is because they stir the kinds of emotion that, that I really value around this season. Right. And, and they, they stir memories of Christmas past and, and times and seasons with my family and my extended family and and, and, and they actually lift our focus just a little bit. The, sort of the Christmas spirit, right? It actually kind of elevates our hearts in a way that we think to ourselves, you know, maybe it's a possibility, this, this peace on earth and goodwill to men. And, and just maybe we can embrace it for a little while. And, and I just, I bring all this up because I want you to understand that it's Jesus behind all of that. That th th those thoughts and those feelings and emotions, they don't arise out of nothingness, but they arise out of the reality that God has come near in Jesus Christ. And so that's what we celebrate. And when it comes to all of the stuff that we do, I, here's a phrase that might be helpful. I don't want these moments to be merely because of Jesus or even about Jesus. I want these moments to be with Jesus. You know, in church world, we do all kinds of things for Jesus and about Jesus or around Jesus. We do a lot of ministry near Jesus. Uh, I want us to be a people that does things with Jesus, and certainly in this season. And it brings me to the next fill-in. Uh, to find joy, be mindful in the moment. Be mindful in the moments that you have with your loved ones. Be mindful in the moments that you have with your spouse. Be mindful in these moments. And there's one good way that really God's given us this and it helps us to become mindful really in a very short amount of time. And it's just this. I, I want you to do a little exercise with me. Would you breathe in deeply through your nose and then exhale through your mouth? Go ahead and do this. Now when you breathe in this time, I want you to think about the fact that you're breathing in the ruah of God, the breath of God in Hebrew. Br breathe in. And then exhale. 
You're breathing in the presence of God. You're breathing in the nearness of God. You're breathing in a, a God who is closer to you than your own breath. So breathe in. And then when you exhale, I want you to exhale the stress that you have. I want you to exhale the, any sense of uh, disappointment about the holiday. I want you to exhale any sense that you've got to accomplish or achieve a certain amount or else you fail at Christmas. Just exhale that. Get those lies out. Because going through just a simple exercise like that will, will get you mindful in the moment. It, it, it will draw you close to, to Jesus and, and recognize that he's with us. In fact, as you're mindful, instead of focusing on how stressed you are, maybe it's a good idea to focus on how blessed you are. Amen. Hashtag blessed, not stressed. Can I get a womb womb? Are you with? Yeah. You guys are a hard, hard bunch. Oh, man. Cole in that stocking. Okay. Uh, you know, when you're with loved ones and friends, capture these moments by being present. There, there was a time over the Thanksgiving uh, weekend where I was kind of just wondering where my family was. So I wandered around the house and I noticed that. All five members of our family were in five different rooms on five different screens. Yeah, we were alone together. I want to challenge you. I, I challenge them. I want to challenge you. Let's be together together. Let's figure out how, how we clear that stuff away so that we can be present. We can enjoy one another's presence. And, and so, you know, I was thinking... It, we never see Jesus decorating in Scripture. Have you thought about that? Never once do we see Jesus decorating in Scripture. But we do see Jesus preparing meals. We see Jesus. Think about that for a moment. This is God in the flesh. And he's preparing breakfast on the shore of the Sea of Galilee for his disciples. This is the divine cloaked in human flesh. And he comes and he prepares a meal for 5,000. Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, prepared the Passover meal with his disciples. So we see Jesus prepare. And, and, and Jesus, he knew what it was like to, to sit. He had this divine awareness that he was always in the presence of the Father. He was never divorced. But it didn't stop him from actually doing the preparation that needed to happen. So it's not an either or in Jesus. It's, it's a both and in Jesus. And he was able to do the work of preparing. He was able to do his ministry that he needed to do. But he was always doing it aware of God's presence with him at all times. Over Thanksgiving, we also decorated our home for Christmas. And I'm sure several of you did as well. And what's interesting is when we decided that we were going to go out and get the tree and everything, we we're doing all this because my daughter was uh, home from school. And, and so we thought, oh, we're all together. Let's do this. But, but you know what we didn't do? We didn't invite Jesus into that experience. And so I, I think somewhat predictably, we went out to the Christmas tree lot. And for every tree we landed on, we got two yes votes and one no vote. And it just never changed, right? So somebody was going to be unhappy. Uh, then we, we got the tree, we cut it down, we, we put it on the car, and then there were all kinds of fights about how to tie it on top of the car. 
Now, I wasn't there as a participant in the fight. I was paying for the tree, which that's all, all I do is pay for things, by the way, just so you know. So I was paying for the tree, and I come back, and the fight had already happened, and so everyone in the car was tense and silent. Uh, this is a fun, fun day, right? And, and so we go home, we put the tree up, and then we do all the decorating. And have you ever been a part of decorating a tree and nobody can actually affirm one another's decoration choice? Right? It's just always criticism and critique and, you know, the ribbon's not right and all this stuff. And so that's kind of how the day went. It just was, it, it left me just a little bit dissatisfied. No matter how loud I turned the Christmas carols up, it did not help the scenario. And so later that day, that night, I, I dropped my daughter back at her dorm room, and I came home, and the boys were already in bed, and I just came in the living room, and I, I just sat down, looked at the tree. I just, I, I wanted to feel my feelings. I wanted to be mindful in the moment, and, and so I looked at the tree, and I realized that, you know what I love most about this tree are, are the, the paper ornaments with my kid's preschool picture on it. That, that's my favorite. And, and then I looked at the Christmas books that we have out. I, I looked at the letters they've written from Santa. I looked at Santa's responses to those letters, which are quite good, I might add. <laughs> and then I noticed our nativity scene. And I love our nativity. I, it has a story. We, we were able to pick it up when we were in Bethlehem one year. And and, and it's rough, and it's kind of rough-hewn, and, and just, it, it, to me, it's beautiful. And, and so I was just kind of gazing at the nativity and meditating on that and, and looking at the figures, the wise men and the shepherds and Mary and Joseph and Jesus, of course, right in the center. And then I noticed something in the back that I had never noticed before. It was actually, I had always thought that it was like a, uh, just a pattern, like kind of, kind of a design but then I, I, I moved them away and I realized it's not a design, it's an angel. That there's an angel carved right into the back of the nativity I'd never noticed before. And, and then I thought, how often is that really the case in my life? That the angelic is present and I don't even notice it. How often the, the, the divine is present with me, and I'm blind to it. How often is it that God himself is right near, he's closer than my own breath, and I don't even know. And I was thinking of how Jacob, when he spent the night at Bethel, he declares that the Lord was present in this place, and I knew it not. Or the disciples on the road to Emmaus, and they're walking the entire time with Jesus, but they don't recognize that it's him until Jesus breaks the bread and gives it to them and prays. And in that moment as he prays God's blessing, their eyes are open and they can see, oh, Jesus has been with us the entire journey, and we didn't know it, but weren't our hearts aflame the entire time? And I just want you to understand that I think if we came to this realization, everything would change about the season to remember that your Savior is your companion on your entire journey. Amen. That God is with you each and every step along the way. And of course Christmas is about more. It's about more than decorations. It's about more than the lights. It's about more than the tradition. Yes, it's about more. But everything can be more if you invite Jesus into those moments. 
and you recognize that he, in fact, is with you. So that's my prayer for you, Overlake, and that's my prayer for me. My prayer for your families is the same as my prayer for my family, that as we prepare this Christmas season, we would find joy because Jesus himself is absolutely present with us. Amen? Amen. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes. Let's pray. Jesus, we want to thank you for the way in which you have come near to us, that you have, you have come close and you have revealed God to us. You have, you have opened up our understanding of God's heart and, and you have done this in a way that is not a long-distance communication. You've done this by coming into our living rooms, by coming into our homes, by coming in to our hearts, you are nearer than our own breath. And so, Lord Jesus, we just ask that you would give us eyes to see you. We ask that you would remove the barriers that would distract us or that would prevent us from seeing you and sensing you and experiencing your nearness in this Christmas season. We pray that your, your spirit would flood our homes, that, that for those who are loved ones and friends, that, that your spirit would just wrap arms of grace around them, that you would carry us through whatever it is that we're facing that's difficult, whatever we're stressed about, wherever we are broken. Lord Jesus, wrap your arms of love around us and allow us to sense your presence we declare that you are the foundation of all joy. In Jesus' name, amen.